0: Have you ever wondered if you could make a difference? This podcast brings you inspirational people who are making a tremendous difference. We will also be talking to
1: experts in the field of creating the mindset you need so that nothing holds you back from making your vision a reality right now. Welcome to the Game Changers podcast. And now here's your host, Michelle Dutro. Hello and welcome
0: to the Game Changer podcast. My name is Michelle Dutro, and I am your host. If you're new to this show, thank you so much for tuning in and for being here. If you have listened to this show with any kind of regularity, then today's show is going to be a bit different in that I'm switching things up a little bit, and now I'm going to record an intro to a show that I've already recorded. Reason is there's a lot of times that I record an entire episode and then think after the fact, boy, I really wish people like stay tuned to the very end of this because there's something really significant. Or I wish I could highlight a couple of things that this person said because I find them to be really significant. Not that you wouldn't catch them on your own, but I just like to jabber on. So with that... I am now going to record an intro to every show after the interview has already been recorded so that, like I said, I can maybe point a couple of things out that I think are of significance. This show today with Paula Ports, who is the president of PC Sports, is just that. This is a special shout out to all of those folks that are getting ready to graduate from college because we're coming right up to uh, graduation season to say, hey, as you embark on your career, it is very easy easy to get caught up in the whole rat race of what's the best job and the best pay, and I'll do this for a year, then I'll switch to that, and then I'll do this. And trust me, just coming from the Silicon Valley, I know what it is to talk to people that five years after graduating have already worked for 10 different startup companies. And I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing, but I do want you to consider a different avenue. And my conversation today with Paula is just that. So let me give you a little bit about her. She's in the construction industry, first of all, which is a very male-dominated career field, as you all know. Not just in the construction industry, but she is president, like I said, of PC Sports, a company that specializes specifically in the sports market. Again, another male-dominated career field. And not only is she just kind of successful, but in 2011, she was named a game changer by the Sports Business Journal. Now, if you're going to be called a game changer, you certainly would think you have to be interviewed on this show. Now, why this is significant today is that an article comes out in this issue of the Sports Business Journal that is recognizing the top 50 people that they consider power players the minds behind design and development. And again, this is in sports arenas, if you will, in the construction industry, and the fact that she is recognized as one of the top 50, insanely significant. So like I said, I want you to listen with a different set of ears, even if you're not just graduating from college, but you're doing whatever you're doing in life. And however old you are, there comes a time when we stop and think, you know, Am I doing everything I should be doing? And we start to take on more and we get really busy and life is chaotic. Instead of stopping and focusing and saying, what really matters to me? And, and how can I truly stay the course and keep my mind on the end game of where I'm headed? And if I do that every day methodically to the very best of my ability... Maybe that's the way you kind of wind up winning that tortoise versus the hare mentality, which, by the way, is today's blog that comes out at innernorstar.com. So I hope you enjoy today's podcast. I really enjoy my time with her, but then I always do. So, with that, at this point, I'm going to kick it over to Paula and ask her if there's anything else that I didn't already tell you that we should know.
1: Oh, well, good morning, Michelle. Um, It's a pleasure for me to be here today um, talking to you. Um, I guess. What you probably, most people wouldn't know, is that I live in the middle of Iowa on 20 acres in a town of 5,000 people. So while I'm traveling a lot and doing these big sports facilities, I go home to a quiet
0: respite in my country, my little country home. And here's the thing about these projects, and these are uh, no small thing. Like I said, the Golden State Warriors project, just one of the many that um, not only is she involved with now, but has been over her career. Tell everybody a little bit more about exactly what an owner's rep firm does and what you specifically do, and then not only right now, but then take us back to how in the world you wound up doing what you're doing now.
1: Well, an owner's rep, typically what we when we get hired, we, we come on and we become an extension of the owner's staff. Most building owners do not have a staff that's experienced in construction and design and also have the time to spend... Mastering through the 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 process. So we come on and we we start off in the very beginning, helping them with the concept, feasibility, um, hiring the key personnel, the architects, go through the design and the programming and the budgeting and financing as necessary. And then we um, hire the contractors along with the owner. Um, and then we oversee the construction process on the day-to-day, managing the budgets and the schedule and the questions that come up, making sure um, everything's going smoothly from getting the owner decisions to what we need out of the architect, what the contractor needs to be moving forward and making sure the contractor is, is maintaining their schedule and um, budgets as well. And then all the way through closeout where we turn the owner over, building over to the owner and get that moved in and, um, get all the contracts closed out. So we really become an extension of their staff. And then when the building is done, we um, move on and go to the next project. And they don't have a bunch of staff that they've, they've hired and now don't have a position for.
0: Got it. So I have to believe that when you were a young girl, maybe maybe you were, I don't know. But were you sitting uh, in school, in elementary school, in junior high, and then high school and into college, thinking, I'm going to get involved in construction. I just want to build arenas.
1: Absolutely not. I'm from a small town in Idaho, Mountain Home, Idaho, to be exact. And not only does Idaho not have professional sports, but I hadn't even been in an arena much more than the, um, the pavilion there in Boise. So I really had no knowledge that this was even a career field out there. And it was not something that if you would have gone to the guidance counselor, they would have said, oh, well, you're going to go do this for a living. So I just kind of actually fell into it. I had got married young and we'd moved to to Texas as he was in the military. And I was going to school, completing, you know, um, working on my degree. And I started working for this company and started doing, you know, admin and contract management and, you know, I'd answer the phones and started our marketing department. And, you know, it's back when we were just really getting into computers. We didn't even have email then, which is long time ago. and you know really I just loved the company, loved what I was doing. Uh, our, our parent company does project management for corporate commercial projects so you know hospitals, office buildings, schools, corporate campuses, those types of projects. And so I just really loved it and ended up growing through the industry and learning more about the construction side of, of the business. getting more involved in the budgeting and contract management. And then in 1999, we were hired to work on the San Antonio Spurs AT&T Center project. And I was given the opportunity to go work on that project. And that right there was really what launched
0: my career in the sports industry. So for those people listening, obviously, you're talking about you know, some uh, big name arenas. And I know you've been involved with, uh, with many of them over your career. Tell me what it's like when you're sitting in that very first meeting, and this is construction, so I would imagine that uh, it's largely filled with a room full of men, and here you are playing that role, I I would just, I would venture to guess, I'm very curious, on that first meeting, how much you get challenged as to why you're there or your level of, uh, you know, what your level of knowledge actually is, not only in the construction industry, but maybe specific to sports and arenas. Um, How difficult is that, like I said, that very first meeting when people are looking at you wondering, you know, what the heck you're doing there?
1: Well, I would say that now it's not as difficult because I've proven myself um, and people know that I've done this before, and I I know what I'm talking about. Early on in my career, the first couple of arenas, uh, you know, you'd, I'd be the only woman in, in a meeting with 20, 30 men, and they would expect you to get the coffee and answer the phone. And if the UPS guy happened to come into the office, they'd all look at you to go sign for the package. So for several years, it was it was challenging. I had to work harder, work smarter, to, to get ahead and to earn, earn their respect, you know, instead of trying to come in and force it to really earn it and, um, and learn from them. Um, additionally, not, you know, not acting like I knew everything, but asking questions when I needed to. And it, it took a lot of years, but, but now I'm in a position where I don't, I don't have to do that now.
0: So, if somebody is listening to this and they're thinking, you know, here's some non traditional field that they would like to go into, but there's self doubt, I don't know that, uh, you know, how would I be seen, just like, you know, what you had to in your early on career, improving yourself. If somebody's dealing with those kind of inside voices saying, I'm not good enough or I'll never be accepted in whatever it is they may want to pursue. What were some of the things that you had to keep in the forefront of your mind to not let those inner voices or that inner self-critic get to you um, in order to stay strong and make it through the many years of proving yourself so that you had that credibility and you were no longer maybe challenged to the degree that you were in the beginning?
1: Wow. That's a, that's a tough question because, you know, there's days you'd get really, you know, I've been really down on myself and, oh, I don't think I can do this and how am I going to get through it? But I guess just the perseverance and just wanting to do a good job and wanting these buildings to, to be a showcase for whatever city I was working in or the team we were working for, um, just wanting the project to be so successful really keeps you motivated. And I have to say that over the years, I have worked with so many wonderful people that I consider you know, my family. And so while the projects are hard and they're stressful and there's a lot going on, I, some of my best friends I've met and the people I respect the most have been in this industry. And that makes it a lot easier when you do have a little bit of self-doubt to know that you have people supporting you that, you know, will help you when you get down a little bit and and you can you can talk to them when when you're unsure or unclear about moving forward, you know. And I've had some really great mentors in my firm. Bob Crittenden, the president um, and CEO of our of our company, who's recently getting ready to retire, but he's been my my biggest champion and my biggest supporter and my mentor. And without him, I probably couldn't have done this because he's been so supportive and had and encouraged me.
0: So this, you walked right into my next question because you were sort of alluding to that on what happens when we're down or that inner self-credit gets in our head and having people that really we lean on to kind of help pick us back up on days that are difficult or we lose maybe our faith in ourself of what we're doing. So as it relates to mentorship, if, again, someone's listening and they think, I don't have anybody in my life, uh, you know, that plays that role for me, One I would say is you know outside of him, have there been others that have been mentors over your life um, that really have helped shape who you are today? Whether it's you know in the job or just who you are as a person, you know, have you had those throughout your maybe educational career and and then on? And how important you know has that been for you outside of outside of uh, this gentleman? How important have those other you know you know game changers or key figures? in helping you get to where you want to go. Um, How pivotal has that been for you in your journey?
1: Um, Extremely pivotal, of course. I, you know, I think through, because my career field that I'm in now is so different from anything I could have ever imagined or known about, um, you know, in, in grade school or high school or even, you know, starting college, I, get to see or be around a lot, a lot of um, strong women that were um, in a different career field than what you would have assumed, you know, teachers or what have you, but it's kind of, it's kind of hard to answer. I just, I just think that having the support of the people in the company that I work for, Ken Rector, um, you know, Jackie Eckhart, uh, you know, just a couple people that were um, there when I first started um, 23, 24 years ago that were just so supportive. I I think those are the people that really launched my career. And a lot of it, you know, there weren't a lot of women in construction back then. And so I kind of had to find, you know, you just saw people um, and just learn from them and just kind of kept up and, and moving forward. But, but without, you know, the support of, of a few people, I probably wouldn't be here today.
0: So earlier you touched on, you know, asking for help and if you didn't have the answers going to find them. I know that especially for women again in a male-dominated career field, the last thing that, you know, it's common that a woman wants to do is ask for help or act like she doesn't know the answer to whatever it is. So just in that in in reaching out and asking for help or asking someone to be a mentor, How do you convince somebody or talk to somebody about this is not a sign of weakness, right? Seeking mentorship or seeking somebody to help guide you, not only obviously for all the reasons you said will make a tremendous difference, but if somebody says, I just can't do that, I don't want to be seen as weak or that I don't know, what would you say to that person?
1: I think they respect you more. I think you actually gain more people's respect if you are willing to um, ask a question and say, I don't really understand that. Can you spend a few minutes and tell me about it instead of, you know, being a bull in a China shop and trying to run through everything and plunge forward without, without having the information. I have truly found that, you know, more people have respected me when you do ask the questions and you do ask someone, can you help me with this? And, you know, 90% of people are willing to, to do that. They're willing to help. They're willing to answer your questions and be supportive. You just have to ask. And I, I don't think it's a sign of weakness at all. I think it's actually a sign of strength when you can admit that you don't know something.
0: So in that, and you bring up some you know, really key things of, like I said, people that see something and maybe as a sign of weakness but actually as a sign of strength. For you in your uh, current career and what you're doing, what are some things that you would say? people view you as being a game changer, obviously. So what are some specific things that you hold very important to you in how you show up that you would say, hey, this is what sets me apart and this is why you know I'm making these game-changing lists and the top 50 influential people? What is it that you're doing that so sets you apart in this industry, whether or not it's male dominated, you know, male or female, there's obviously things that you're doing that are getting people's attention. So again, that young girl just graduating from college, getting ready to start out and she's going, wow, Paula sounds like a great mentor. I wish I had her in my life. What would be that advice that you would give somebody just starting out saying, if you want to stand out, you want to be recognized, you want to do a great job. Here are some things that you probably really need to focus on. What would that be?
1: Good question. Um, number one, always be on time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. And that may seem like a small detail, but it's not, I mean, it's a big pet peeve of mine as well. Yep.
1: You know, be organized, be on time, be willing to, to do anything. Um, I, I have always found that, you know, don't, don't say that's not my job. If something needs to be done, do it. Um, jump in, pitch in, become a team player instead of, um, You know, one person running down one path. The more you can be a team player, the more you can help out. The more that you can branch out and learn what other people are doing and be communicative, go long strides into into being successful. Um, I think you know my staff and the people that we have are are always willing to pitch in and do pretty much anything that needs to get done. And I think going into a new career or just any job being willing to do whatever needs to be done is important. Um, so I think that's a, that's a critical aspect. You know, if the trash needs to be taken out, take the trash out, you know, all the way up from, you know, meeting with, with ownership and clients, you just
0: have to be willing to, to take the lumps and, and, and move forward and pitch in. So you mentioned success in there, and every person that I've ever talked to defines it in their own unique way. What is success to you?
1: Oh gosh, um, it's changed over the years, right? You know, the older you get, success is defined in different measures. You know, younger it was, you know, how much, how much recognition you could get, how many, um, you know, how much money you made, you know, because back it was really hard to to get equal pay back then and now it's more about a work-life balance and just being happy at home and being able to to balance that with with great employees and staff and projects and um, I think just being able to have a good time at work and enjoy what you're doing but enjoy
0: being at home I think that's what I uh, say is success now. So how do you manage that? Because now let's fast forward talking to that woman who is maybe uh, kids are school age and she's thinking, okay, I'm going to get back into the workforce and you're a wife and a mom and, you know, want to be that, you know, best employee. How do you keep it all together? How do you keep that work-life balance so that, you know, your family or your children or whatever it may be, your own personal time doesn't really suffer? I mean, do you find yourself having the ability to, you know, say no, to turn things down or to walk away? Um, You know, I know that time and stress is, like I said, for women trying to juggle all of it. Um if you were talking to that gal who just feels maxed out across the board and ineffective at most everything, what's that advice? How do you pull that off?
1: Well, I travel so much for work that for me it's critical that, you know, when I mentioned it, having a team environment at work and everybody being willing to pitch in, it's the same thing at home. I have to run my home similar to running a project. There has to be schedules and Um, everybody has to chip in and it's not that that's my job and that's your job we all have to pitch in and get it done and um, so everything just kind of flows like clockwork and then you know trying to find the time to just relax and sit back and enjoy life um, which is often hard to do because we're always running so hard but trying to make sure there's a little bit of time for that every weekend as well
0: So on that, again, if you're, you know, kind of looking at this younger gal who's trying to pull all of it off, how important is that to you personally, having that time that's just solely to you in taking care of just you and not, you know, coworkers or a project or the family, but really just kind of soul nurturing time as you've gotten older, how much is just that aspect uh, impacting the whole rest of your life?
1: Oh, it's so critical um, for me now to just take some time away, which is part of the reason why we live on you know twenty twenty acres in in the country in Iowa, is just being able to get away to just have a place that it's not chaotic, it's not busy, it's it's quiet and peaceful. And I, I think without having that place to to step back and take a deep breath, it would be extremely hard to keep on the pace that we keep on during the week. So it's, it's probably one of the most important things to me is to be able to go home and step out on the deck and take a deep breath and, and re, re-energize for the week coming up.
0: So given everything you know now, if you were to give advice to your younger self, uh, just getting out of college and getting ready to start out based on what you know now, what would that advice be that you would give the younger the younger you? 20 25 years ago
1: that the little things don't matter
0: in the long run
1: the things that you know in our 20s and then our 30s that we worry about and lose sleep over and you know oh somebody said this or i said that or something bad happened today that all of that it doesn't matter it it's the little things so be you know just be a good person and Do what you say you're gonna do, and and in the long run, that's all that matters. Because the little stuff, you don't even remember it in 20 years, right?
0: Right, (laughs) right. No, absolutely. You know, I think that's uh, you know that book, right? Don't sweat the small stuff, and and it's having the wisdom to know what that small stuff actually is and to let it go. But you're exactly right. Okay, as we wrap this up, I always end every interview with the exact same two questions. So. If you were to give somebody listening who's really thinking, okay, I, um, maybe I'm going to take that leap and go after a, a career that maybe I was thinking I wasn't going to be good enough for, I wouldn't be accepted in, out of everything you know now, the single best piece of advice you would give somebody would be what?
1: The worst that can happen is, is you fail, but you, you've realized you've done it, you've, you can regroup and and know that you at least tried it and you'll at least feel better that you at least tried it and knew you couldn't do it than not trying it at all. I think that one of the best piece of advice I ever got from somebody was that I wasn't um, irreplaceable. And at first it really hurt my feelings. I'm like, what do you mean I'm not irreplaceable? But at the end of the day, it made perfect sense because it made me it made me realize that um, I wasn't superhuman, that I could move I could move to other jobs and not worry about the job that I left behind me because that was one of my big my big fears it's like oh well who's going to do this job if I go and do that job and it all, it's all worked out it's been it's been great so you know don't be scared
0: okay love that advice and I agree wholeheartedly that I think the things that we regret most in life are the things that we don't do not the things that we actually do so agree with you completely Final question. Out of your entire journey of life, what is one thing that you absolutely believe to be true?
1: Wow, oh, gosh, that's a that's a hard question. I think one thing that I think the person that you are and how you treat people will always come back to you. Honestly, I think if if you are um if you're honest and you're truthful and you're fair, that's that's going to come back in the end of the day. Um I think that's that's why I have such a, a good group of people and um, such support in this industry. Is that I've I've tried to be fair and I've tried to be truthful and I've tried to be honest and I think that's come back and and helped me.
0: Excellent. Well, I will tell you, I think it's very sage advice, right on integrity, and say what you mean and mean what you say and and deliver on your promises and as always, I love chatting with you. It has been my absolute pleasure. I know that there are people out there that are inspired and thinking, okay, the worst thing that happens is I fail. I pick up and try again. And And your career is incredibly impressive and inspiring. And I hope that more women get out there and go after careers that they might not have otherwise pursued. And so, like I said, you're a shining example of that. So thank you so much for your time, Paula. And uh, thank you for sharing your thoughts and your wisdom with my audience. I appreciate it very much. Thank you, Michelle. Thanks for listening in on this episode of the Game Changers podcast. The
1: next step is to hit the subscribe button to make sure you never miss an episode or any of our incredible guests. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you next time.